1: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Going back to Seahawks minicamp last week, we had some interviews. And I want to focus on the day two interviews today because as offensive players like wide receiver Tyler Lockett and free agent tight end Gerald Everett, they continued to work on installing this new Seahawks offense, while others like the newly acquired defensive lineman Robert Kimdichie continued his quest for a roster spot. And so let's start off with the defense. As Kimdichi spoke candidly on his return to football following his absence in the 2020 season.
2: It wasn't fun. Uh it wasn't uh it it wasn't it it wasn't it wasn't a good time, but like I said, being back here um this is this is exciting for me and this is uh what I love to do, so I'm just happy to have the opportunity to be back here and, and to be able to play football again. That's what I love doing, man. So I'm just happy about that.
1: The former first round pick fell to the Arizona Cardinals late in the first round because of off the field concerns. And Robert addressed how his work ethic has evolved during his time now in the league.
2: I, I know, I know now that, um, in order to have a chance to be good at this, at the game, you have to spend time with it and, and, uh, keep figuring out ways that you're going to be, you know, that you can get better and, uh, just spend time with it. It's really crafting and always, you know, spending time with your craft and, uh, just doing that, man. And, uh, and enjoying it, enjoying the process, man, enjoying, enjoying the opportunity to, to play football. That's really, uh, that's really, that's really what I learned, man, just how, how blessed of opportunity it is, you know. So, uh, and, and just really enjoy it, man, and, and really love what you do, spend time on what you do, because uh, that, that's how you win. That's how you win games.
1: Kim Dietschy, who has played defensive end and defensive tackle in his NFL career, sees a clear spot for himself on the Seahawks defensive line.
2: We play uh, an attack defense and we play a uh, uh, gap sound defense. So uh, skill set for me, my skill set, I'm able to you know, play the run and, uh, and, and, and I'm getting better. And I'm, I'm trying to work on um, just being, our, being an all around player. And, uh, and uh, um, yeah, I feel like whatever they need me to do, I can do because I have a skill set. Um, I have a skill set to do whatever I need to do on the D-line to get the job done. So I'm just trying to make sure I focus and stay on point so they can use me whichever way is, uh, is best for the team.
1: Shifting to the offense and someone who Pete Carroll says he has pegged for a potential breakout season, former Rams tight end, Gerald Everett noted. He is particularly enthused by the tight end group echoing comments made the day before by his teammate, Will Disley.
0: I think our tight end group is pretty well-rounded. You know, uh, like Will said, you know, we have tight ends that can complement each aspect of the game and the offense, and we're all going to play collectively to make a
1: really good unit. Everett seems to sense that he has an important role in this group, given that he comes in with a greater understanding of the concepts of Shane Waldron's offense.
0: Any question that I can be there and answer or any helpful attempts that I can, you know, help tight ends or receivers or running backs, anything that I see, you know, I'm going to speak on and until they tell me not to because I mean, obviously, this is the professional level and we just want to be our best selves. So I mean, coming from L.A. and being kind of familiar than these guys with this scheme, you know, I, I would be I wouldn't be the best
1: teammate if you know, I wasn't being a helping hand from a couple of first year players with the Seahawks to a veteran going into his seventh season with Seattle. Tyler Lockett spoke about what this learning process has been like for him.
0: I think it's been pretty good. Um, obviously, we're learning a new offense. Uh, it's a lot of twists, a lot of turns when it comes to learning a new offense. But the more and more that you really dive into it, the more you really try to study it on the outside, not only at practice, it starts to become very comprehensible. Obviously, it's something that you, you have to be able to go over multiple times. It's not just something where oh, I know the offense, I've been here for a year, I'm good. It's, it's something that you truly have to be able to study over and over and over just so
1: you're, you're ready to go. A couple weeks back, DK Metcalf spoke about the routes being different within Shane Waldron's offense, and Lockett added some more insight on what that means for the receivers.
0: You know, it might look different because, um, you know, a lot of teams haven't really seen us go short. A lot of teams were trying to force us to go short, and we did, it and we wanted explosives and stuff like that. But, I mean, truth be told, the explosive part of it is not going to change. It's just the fact that we're going to learn how to be a lot more balanced to where whatever teams decide to give us, that's what we're going to take. Teams decide to play us deep, then we're going to take everything short, and we're going to be able to run our offense all the way down the field and control the clock. If teams try to take the short stuff away, we're going to go deep. You know, so at the end of the day, I think we're just learning how to be able to build our offense up as a whole to where we don't have to depend on one thing, but we can be able to depend on different types of phases of our offense. So whatever people give us, we're just going to take and we're not going to be greedy. We're not going to go out there and force things to happen. We're just going to naturally let the game come to us.
1: The tempo on offense was something that came up quite a bit in interviews throughout last week when discussing the new offense. Playing at a faster tempo can mean going with no huddle offense or getting in and out of the huddle, but getting out quickly to get lined up before the play clock starts ticking down. Lockett explains where he saw the particular focus on tempo. I would just
0: say the up-tempo is just more so of a faster huddle. You know, it's just the same way that we go in the huddle and we know that we have 35 seconds in the play clock and we listen and hear the plays It's no different when we're going full speed. We're still understanding the plays. It's still full plays. It's just we're not in the huddle. We're just hearing them say it out loud, hurrying up and lining up. Um, I don't think it's going to be as different. But like I said, there's there's a a lot of plays that we have to do tempo. So you just got to be able to listen clearly because you can easily get caught up in hearing the wrong thing. And so when it comes to us as an offense, if there's anything that I think we need to know, is we have to be able to communicate. And sometimes it's hard to communicate as an offense just because naturally the defense is the ones who communicate the most. They always have to talk and stuff like that. On offense, it's kind of like you get used to just being like, I know what I'm doing, I'm good. But if there's anything that I'm learning when it comes to this offense is the more and more that you communicate and the more and more that you talk, the more and more that you guys are going to be on the same page and successful.
1: Up next, we'll hear from Tyler Lockett and get his thoughts on the Seahawks' second-round pick, D. Eskridge, and how he thinks he can have a big impact on offense in 2021. That's up after the break. <music> Tyler Lockett spoke to Seattle Media last week at minicamp, and they asked him about the team's second-round draft pick, D. Eskridge. Lockett talked about what Eskridge can bring to the offense, as well as a new focus on picking up yards after the catch.
0: One of the biggest things that um, Eskridge could provide is just uh, we've all seen what it's like for him to be able to have the ball in his hands, how, you know, he's fluid in being able to run, make people miss, um, just run after the catch. And when it comes to this type of offense, when we watched, um, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and even Gerald, everybody, when they were there, we were able to see that people really they were really good at running the bo- running with the ball after the catch. And so for us, it's something that we're focusing on. It's something that, you know, I want to be able to be better at. And with being able to be in this offense, yeah, we have schemes that can get us open just off the plays that are being called. But also being able to to take your game to another level, making people miss, being able to get the first down, getting 15, 20, 50 yards um, after the catch, that's something that's going to be big. And I think that's something that um, Eskridge could definitely help us with and we could definitely learn that from him. When it comes to just being able to understand the offense and stuff, I think that's something that we can all be able to teach him. And once he kind of figures out his his safety net, his comfort zone, then he could be able to actually go out there and be the person that we drafted him to be, that we always knew that he could be. Doesn't have to do anything different. When it comes to other guys, um, Diz, Kobe, um, Gerald, whoever it is, I think the biggest thing is Shane does a great job in being able to understand our strengths. And being able to put us in situations where we're able to utilize those strengths to our biggest capacity. And as long as we're able to continue to do that, I think it puts everybody in a position where they feel like they don't have to go out there and be somebody that they're not. They they're, they understand their routes. They understand their body type. They understand their speed, what we need to do, what's going to get us open as an offense. And it's not like, oh, you just got to focus on this person as a defense or they got to focus on him. He does a great job in being able to get everybody involved. And when you can share the ball and teams can't really game plan who to stop, I mean, that's when the sky's the limit.
1: Two words come to mind when Lockett thinks about this new Seahawks offense. More freedom.
0: When I think of his offense, I think we have more freedom to do a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, it's very different than the six years that I've been here. But the biggest thing that I've learned since being here in the league is it doesn't matter what team you go to. Doesn't matter who your offensive coordinator is. The biggest thing that you need as a player that I've learned is you have to be able to adapt. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is some receiver coaches, they didn't like how I ran routes. Other coaches did like how I ran routes. But when I had to go with people who may have trained me when I was getting ready to come to the league, if they didn't like my routes, I had to run how they wanted me to be able to run. And even though it was uncomfortable, I had to be able to do what needed to be done if I was going to be on that team. And so when you're talking about whatever team you go to, everybody has certain ways they want you to run routes. You have spread offenses. You have West Coast offenses. You have running gun. You have so many different types of offenses that require you as a receiver to be different, to think different, to play different, different releases, different techniques, all that different type of stuff. And so with the offense that Shane brings in, I think it brings us more freedom, more freedom to kind of be able to be the receivers that We can be we got um, free range to do a lot of stuff, not saying that we could just go out there and do whatever we want. But the more and more sophisticated that you become in this offense, the more you're able to understand how you can switch your feet, how not to switch your feet, how to add an extra step, how not to add an extra step. Rather than always just having to get to a certain point at this certain amount of time, you kind of have free range to play with it a little bit.
1: Aside from learning a new offense, Lockett has also been focused on his responsibilities as the Seahawks NFLPA representative this summer.
0: You know, when you get chosen to be a player rep, you think you got to make all these ultimate big decisions and all that type of stuff. And truth be told, you really don't. All you really got to do is just ask the team what is that they want to do. And when you look at the votes and stuff like that, you're just the person that has to be able to relay the messages. So, I mean, we did a great job being able to talk to the coaches. We did a great job, like, being able to relay information, going back and forth, all that different type of stuff. And so, I mean, you know, you've seen some guys come back, and and that's cool. You know, guys had to do what they had to do. But at the end of the day, I would say that the communication was great amongst the team. The communication was great amongst everybody in the front office. And even since we've been here, I think everybody's done a very extraordinary job and being able to show that we are – um, we understand that this is our job and that we're gonna make sure that we're ready, whether we're here, whether we're not here, we understand what's at stake. You know, this is our livelihood. So we have to be able to make sure that we're ready and and able to go when it's time to go.
1: And outside of football, Lockett has been focusing on a personally fulfilling nonprofit.
0: One of the things that I started doing is reaching out to um a lot of the businesses that I'm endorsed with and even trying to reach out to some of the Seattle brands to kind of see what they want to be able to do with it. And if there's something that we can do to be able to shed light on everything. Um, I don't know if a lot of y'all know, but you know, we ended up coming out with these bookmarks. I signed with, um, my uncle, he's a marketing client. He's a marketing person now. And we came out with these bookmarks with the Fulton street bookstore, the first only bookstore, um, black bookstore in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so as we give out these bookmarks, um, the 50% is going to the Fulton Street bookstore and the other 50% is going to the black businesses that we choose. And so I think it's something for me that I'm really excited about because I, I'm not worried about me getting a piece of anything. You know, all I'm doing is just being able to promote it because I want to be able to support black businesses. And I think it's pretty cool just to be able to have bookmarks so many different ways to use it. You can give them to people so they can read. You know, I used to be with Pizza Hut and they, they talked about the book it program. You can put it in libraries. You can, you know, give it to hospitals and they can give it to patients. You know, there's different things that you could be able to do with bookmarks. And so that's what I'm excited for. And we'll see how it continues to go.
1: And that does it for the show today. A big thanks to Wilson Kahn for producing this episode. You can follow him on Twitter at Wilson underscore con C-O-N-N. Clinton Bonner and I are planning to record this Sunday. So look for that up at fieldgoals.com. It'll be another episode of three in three out recording live via Spotify's green room. And we're going to be looking at three of the biggest storylines in Seattle, as well as three of the biggest storylines outside of Seattle. If you have any suggestions, you can tweet at Clinton Bonner at Clinton bon on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Seahawkers pod. And we'll look forward to seeing you live on Sunday to discuss those topics. Download the app Spotify's green room. You can follow me, Brandon Schultz. Search for my name there and follow me. And then you can get notified when we go live. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. And until then, go Hawks.